Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Life in plastic, it's fantastic. You can brush my hair and try to figure out whether or not Lost is a good TV show everywhere. Hi, welcome to All the Best Podcasts Have Daddy Issues, a podcast about whether or not Lost is a good TV show. I'm your host, Nolan Pavlich. And I'm Emma May. And we're here to talk about the grand finale for Season 2, Live Together, Die Alone, Part 2. Uh, Emma, how you feeling on this episode? It was good. It was yeah. good stuff. Yeah, I I loved all the stuff with Desmond and Locke in the hatch, and I mm-hmm. felt like the flashbacks really like ramped up to that awesome cliffhanger. Um, it mm-hmm. was a good season finale. What did you think about it? Yeah, I loved it. I think this is absolute like peak uh, lost. Mm-hmm. It's just as good as it gets. The uh, uh, it, it it's just fun. I don't know the uh, yeah the flashbacks are great. I, I I almost I mean we we did two episodes split up, you know week to week. I think I I would imagine that most people would prefer to just watch these all as one big episode. And when you look at it like that, it's really well written. Mm-hmm. Um, the you know there's callbacks at the beginning of it that come back to towards the end of the episode, but they feel earned. Um, mm-hmm. All, all in all, I think pretty good. Can you um, imagine? Well, I'm sure you can imagine because you were watching it live. But the commercial breaks and just oh, like yeah. it, it was like mini cliffhangers. I feel like at the commercial breaks too. Um, yeah. I feel like it, it maybe would have been kind of fun and built up anticipation. There is an element of that where it's like you would never want to have commercials now or you would like i think most people prefer to have things in the netflix style where all the episodes drop at once Mm -hmm. because everybody wants to watch everything at at once but i think more networks are trying to are like starting to figure out now like you know it it makes the show better when you have stuff week to week yeah Uh, because the anticipation does help um, mm-hmm. as weird as it is where it's like, you would never want it, but when you have to deal with it, it kind of makes it better. Yeah. And the writing style too, like mm-hmm. that, how that impacts the show has been kind of fun to see because you don't get that anymore with like a Netflix show or a Hulu show. You don't get those right. breaks in between. And yeah, I just, I, I noticed that with this episode and feel like I would have been biting my nails commercials were involved yes <laughs> um yeah well let's let's get into it uh all the same this was aired at the same time so it you know still directed by jack bender written by carlton cuse damon lindelof um and uh let's it jumps right in um with charlie taking echo uh to get the dynamite out in the woods uh, they find it, I guess it's just been next to a tree out there, wrapped in a towel. That seems like um, a bad place to keep it. In the heat. I, just yeah, in the elements. Just, yeah, all it takes is one boar walking around before you got uh, uh, no more dynamite. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like maybe, I don't know, I mean, obviously they were keeping people in there, so maybe that's not the best place, but I kind of feel like the gun safe in the hatch probably was the safest place to put it. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I would have been keeping it, but... Um, 
We do get a quick mention of uh, Dr. Leslie Arts, PhD, I assume. Um, Rest in peace. R.I.P. Yeah, I think I think I'm hoping that he manages to come up every season finale. We'll see yeah. if that happens. But um, I thinking about it. Well, anyways, he might honestly. <laughs> um, a season finale is a great time for them to want to use dynamite. It seems like so. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go back to the hatch, and Charlie tries to negotiate with Locke uh, while Echo is setting the charge. Um, they can talk through the blast doors, which seems like if they can do that, maybe they're not that stable. But Desmond says that it would take an atom bomb uh, to break open the doors, and they're he's not worried about the dynamite whatsoever. This part was so strange to me. Like, why did Charlie bring Echo to the dynamite? And then, yeah. and then as he's setting up the dynamite, then decide like, oh, maybe this is a bad idea. Yeah. Well, maybe once you just see the dynamite there, you realize, but yeah, I, I mean, Charlie, uh, Charlie is pretty much pointless in this episode, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't think that there's anything, I mean, he could have left after Echo, um, had found the dynamite and would be the episode would be basically the same. Oh yeah, for sure. And then obviously we have some we're gonna have some issues uh, later on in the episode, but we will yeah. get to that. We'll um, talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we get our first flashback. Um, Desmond is fixing or kind of tampering with uh, the computer wires uh, to get the last doors to go down and he's successful um they stop it from going down all the way with i think a large like metal fan i didn't i think it's like a filing cabinet like a rolly filing cabinet okay that makes way more sense um but they are able to to stop it which is kind of interesting yeah what what did it crush on before when what did they try oh they put he put that toolbox under there yeah I will say, I feel like the toolbox and the filing cabinet are on about the same level of sturdiness. Maybe the yeah. filing cabinet is a little bit more, but it doesn't 100% make sense to me that it wouldn't do that. That it wouldn't crush that. Yeah, it seems dangerous. But I kind of yes, feel like, but... <laughs> it's been two years. They're, you know, running out of mm-hmm. things to do. So, I guess, take yeah. the risk. Um <laughs> Calvin is painting the invisible map on the wall that John had been referencing. Um, in previous episodes, he mentions Redzinski to Desmond and how he is picking up where he left off. And this, like, triggers Desmond. He, Riley, responds back and expresses that, you know, he still doesn't know what happened to him. Um and Calvin points to, this part was gross. He points to a brown mm-hmm. stain on the ceiling and says, that's Redzinski. And apparently he shot himself. Um, Desmond says yeah. that he wants to be the one to go out next. I mean, they kind of, I don't know. So he, he shot himself. It was too much for him. Yeah. Now, I will say this. They got the color of dried blood on concrete uh, perfect. That's I know, exactly that's, what it looks like. <laughs> that's the grossest part about it, is that it's so... Ick, yuck. When, 
when I was a kid, I was riding a scooter. This was like when Razor scooters were the big deal mm-hmm. um, outside my parents' house. And, uh, well, it was my house, too. I lived there. I, <laughs> I don't know why I said my parents' house. But um, I was riding. I had been riding for a while. And so I was doing the, like, you know, dumb kid thing. I was riding it extremely slow. Mm-hmm. Like, just, like, barely going at all. And I hit a bump. And, of course, that just caused the whole thing to fall over because it had no momentum. And it sliced open my leg basically down to the bone. I, like, uh, uh, with the corner of the scooter. And so, you know, I went to the doctor and got stitched up, all that stuff. But there was, like, this big, like, (laughs) brown stain in front of our house on the sidewalk for forever. Oh, my Um, gosh. Because, uh, you know, we didn't clean up the blood on the way out. And then you Um, had to see it all the time when you pass by <laughs> it yeah um i mean the worst part is seeing it and knowing this was an accident that happened because i was not going fast enough as opposed to most of them happening because they were like you know people were being daredevils or whatever like nope this one was because i was just too slow you can't win with those scooters though and like i feel no. like i would just look at one and get a bruise on my shin you know like <laughs> yeah they were popular for a while. Yeah, they they really were. Um, Desmond kind of changes the subject. <laughs> like I feel like they don't really touch on on him committing suicide all <laughs> no, that much. I think maybe Desmond realizes, like, oh, maybe there was a reason he wasn't saying anything to me about it. Yeah, um, and Desmond also is probably thinking, like, I really need to go outside. <laughs> like I can't mm-hmm. be stuck yeah. in here. Um, yeah. So he uh, tells him that he wants to be the one that goes out next. He has been stuck in the bunker for two years. Calvin doesn't like this idea because he doesn't think, well, he tells Desmond that he doesn't think that he's prepared to be in the quarantine zone with the hostels. And Desmond says that, you know, he was in the army and he is more than equipped to go outside. And Calvin brings up that, he knows that he was dishonorably discharged for not following orders. And Mm -hmm. Desmond tries to kind of get back at him and say, you know, he left his men in the army too. And then Calvin says something cryptic about, you know, he left because men followed his orders. Um, Yeah. Which Clancy Brown is just so perfect for this character. Yeah. I'm loving him on screen. He, he plays it really well. You get him for this, and also I do love the little like dig that he takes at the the British Army or oh, yeah. Scottish Army or whatever mm-hmm. he is, uh, where he's like, "Hey, why did you leave that nice lady's army, anyways?" Um, but yeah, yeah, Clancy Brown kicks this up a notch. But they're, I, I think, I mean, this is a really all of these flashbacks are a really convincing portrayal of two guys just losing their minds. Yeah. Um, which is, like, just such a good kind of, like, sci-fi element to it that, it, I mean, there's nothing sci-fi about it necessarily if you, you know, they could just be stuck in this place together. But um, it, it it really works uh, mm-hmm. and amps up the tension a lot. And both actors are doing a great job. Yeah, definitely. Um, Kelvin makes a sarcastic remark about how... He is so glad that he joined the Dharma Initiative, uh, and he orders Desmond to stay in the bunker. Um, 
Desmond is like kind of giving Stockholm syndrome. Like, why hasn't mm-hmm. he just like left? Just left. Yeah. Well, I presumably he's ta- he is taking it seriously about the quarantine. That's true. Um, and but yeah, it uh, it does seem like. I mean, there has to be a point where you're just sitting there in this hatch together where you're like, I just let me go outside for an hour or whatever. I'll wear the suit while you're in here. Right. Just let me just go hang out in the jungle or something. Yeah. But obviously, Kelvin can't let that happen. Right. (laughs) Back in the hatch. uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, this is, again, what you're talking about with Charlie not making a whole lot of sense here. Now he's arguing with Echo again, saying, hey, maybe Locke's right, and this whole thing is just some silly experiment. Um and Echo gets real angry, charges up on Charlie, yanks off Charlie's belt, and throws it at the magnetic wall. Um, the the cool thing about this belt is you can tell that it's a real physical object. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this, and then there's some stuff later in the episode that's CGI. And, I mean, I guess it's probably a, a complicated... Uh, uh, special effect to do realistically on a TV show budget, but it is like, man, why did you even bother at that point? <laughs> it yeah, looked so bad. But maybe it yeah. didn't look bad back then. I don't know. And I gotta back say, before... like, mm-hmm. if I'm Charlie and somebody does that, that does not prove that I'm wrong. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I honestly would just feel a little more violated than anything. And I don't mm-hmm. know. I will say that I think. Um, I think that when Echo did that, and there should have been after that a wide shot where they were both staring at each other in disbelief, and then Charlie's pants fall down. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that it's kind of a missed opportunity that they didn't. He should have been wearing uh, white boxers with uh, red hearts all over him, mm-hmm. uh, like you know the classic, uh, the classic gag. I, I think it's a real missed opportunity that they didn't do that. Uh, anyways, then Echo lights some dynamite. In our next flashback, Desmond wakes up because the alarm is going off and he's yelling for Kelvin, but he's nowhere to be seen. Um, He enters the numbers into the computer just in the nick of time. And then he hears singing and Kelvin is wasted in a crawl space. Um, He has a key that goes to a lock surrounded by a lot of caution signs and he tells Desmond that if he turns the lock then everything will go away but he can't do it um Desmond takes the opportunity to ask him what's behind the wall he wants to know what the incident is um unique electromagnetism mm-hmm yep that's right yeah boom okay so uh the incident is that there's a leak and every time that they push the button it discharges the charge before it gets too big. Um, Desmond starts to ask a lot of questions but Kelvin cuts him off and says you know here's the real question are you prepared to take your finger out of the dam and blow this whole thing up instead? Which I like the uh, the reasoning that they're giving for this. Like, I don't always expect to, you know, think, here's something in Lost, and think like, oh, that's reasonable about geography. Sure. You know? Uh, yeah. 
or it's kind of ruined that perfect sense (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes well (laughs) yeah um but i think it makes a lot of sense and it's kind of like a i don't know like a fun aha moment that really gets you into the story like it feels a little more real yeah absolutely um yeah I, i think the biggest issue with this is that this is a really plausible explanation Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't make sense why Desmond is, like, starting to believe that the hatch is all for nothing. Yeah. I think he would have needed more proof than we had seen him get, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I think he was also, like, wasted and fed up and wanted to maybe be done with the whole thing. Yes. But you're right. I, I think he could have done more to convinced Locke. I mean, we'll get there, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, after the explosion has happened in the hatch, uh, Desmond wants to go out and see if Echo is okay, but Locke doesn't want to. Um, and Desmond, you know, asks Locke, hey, is the reason that you're doing this, that you're deciding to wait down the timer uh, to see, you know, to see what you really believe, looking down the barrel of the shotgun? Um, but Locke says, I've already looked down the barrel of the gun, and he, he tells the story of Boone and when Boone died and he went to the hatch and banged on it and the light came on and uh, he he thought it was a sign at the time, but he doesn't anymore. And now he realizes it was probably just Desmond going to the bathroom, mm-hmm. um, which is crazy because, I mean, I don't know, uh, you know, they would have seen that so early, so much earlier. If it was yeah. just every time. I mean, Desmond has to get up every 108 minutes, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, Locke is just completely given up on the hatch. Mm-hmm. Saeed goes to check out the village that's underneath the hole in the rock. Um, it's empty. He's just running up with the gun and, like, checking out what's inside of the huts, which is nothing. But this is a bad plan. Um, also, not I, even the plan that they. No, were yeah, he just. Deci- yeah, he just decided not to wait for everyone and go in solo. I mean, maybe he just noticed that there was no people milling around. I don't mm. know, but um, I will say I think the biggest issue with this we didn't really talk about it last week because we hadn't, you know, seen how it all turns out. I think the biggest issue with this is that the writers knew that Saeed's plan was not going to come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, like they were never going to meet up with Jack, so they didn't write it very convincingly, um, or, or not not convincingly. They just didn't reason it out like they would have if it had been a plot line that they actually wanted to go down. So it yeah. makes all of Saeed's stuff look a little bit useless in this episode, mm-hmm. um, which makes it ultimately sense. was, which is fine. But it, it just should have it should have felt more important than it was. Yeah, it makes them look a little silly. Yeah. Um, the reveal when he opens up the hatch and it's just a rock wall behind it is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I do like that. But yeah, overall, I'm I'm kind of like, uh, I, I almost didn't even really need this necessarily. Yeah, like this is um, the guy that can make a radio transmitter out of a toothpick <laughs> and some sand. And, yeah. you know, yeah. But to your, yeah, exactly what you were saying. They just like didn't really hash it out because they knew. You know, yeah, because they to. knew it wasn't coming coming through. Mm-hmm. Which, 
overall, it's not a huge deal, but it does just make it kind of fall a little bit flatter than it needs to. And mm-hmm. it makes me bum because I would like to see Saeed in it more also. Yeah. yeah. Like, Saeed and Sun and Jin don't even have any speaking lines, I don't think, in this episode. We see them for a little bit. We see Sun and Jin for, like, one shot. And yeah. we see Saeed, um, like, twice, maybe. Uh, Michael and the gang are trekking through the jungle when Kate sees a giant pile of what turns out to be uh, Dharma composition notebooks. I love this part. That was such mm -hmm. good imagery. It's great. Mm -hmm. So there's the big pneumatic tube that's just been shooting out these things into the middle of the jungle. Um, I mean, this is so fun because it lets you know that, like, oh, this... The pearl was the actual psychological experiment, not the swan, mm-hmm. earlier. But it doesn't, like, this doesn't matter to anybody who's seeing it. It just matters to the audience. So to all of them on the island, it's just like, wow, what a weird thing. But for us, we know the significance of it. And it really, I don't know, it helps land it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, they open up the journals and they're just the explanations of what somebody's been going doing in the... Uh, uh, the hatch, they keep saying SR as the initials, so presumably that's uh, Redzinski's initials. Um, as they're looking at this, Sawyer sees Saeed's smoke signal, uh, which is uh, the vocal warm-up that I use at the beginning of every episode. <laughs> Sawyer sees Saeed's smoke signal. Um, uh, Jack starts yelling at Michael about how they're off course, uh, that they, that's miles away and they should be a lot closer. Uh, and Michael kind of breaks down again saying, look, I had to. Um, and then <laughs> this part is a little bit silly. silly. <laughs> I don't know. I, everybody, so they hear whispers in the jungle. That's fine. That's normal. Um, and then everybody starts getting hit with taser darts. Um, yeah. Now, if it had just been regular darts, I would be much more willing to go along with it. Mm-hmm. Like, just make them tranquilizer darts. The fact that they're taser darts, like... That's just, that's not how tasers work. <laughs> I don't know. They don't knock you out. They just kind of incapacitate you while you're getting hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no dark that that's, I don't know. It just is silly. It's weirdly unrealistic for no reason. If they just not had that sound effect going. Yeah. Uh, the electricity, it would have hit a lot better. And maybe that's how they intended to do it. And for whatever reason, they thought they needed it. Um, but either way, they're all captured. Um... In the hatch, Desmond starts questioning Locke about the Pearl, saying that he's starting to think that maybe the Pearl was actually the real experiment. And Locke says, no, you're wrong. Here, look, this is what we've got from it. He gives a, he gives Desmond uh, the printout of all the different numbers on it uh, to de- and says, here's your reading material for the next 19 minutes. Desmond is getting ready to shave his face, and Kelvin tells him that he should live a little and just let it grow out. He's been doing it every day. Um, but Desmond looks at his picture of Penny and says that he's never going to let it go. And, which I think is cool. I think that shows, like, that he's trying to stay more, just have a little more mental fortitude. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Although then now it, it makes it, you realize, like, oh, he's really fallen when you see him in present day with the big old beard. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point, too. Um Calvin is suiting up and he says goodbye to Desmond, um, which kind of catches Desmond off guard. It seems really final. Uh, so he questions him about it and 
Uh, Kelvin goes on to say that he'll be back in a couple hours. Um, Desmond notices that there's a pretty large tear in his hazmat suit, um, but he doesn't say anything. Kelvin leaves the hatch and Desmond follows him outside shortly after with a cloth around his mouth and nose to spy on him. And then he sees mm-hmm. Kelvin start to take off the protective gear and stash it. Um, so that's interesting. <laughs> if yeah. I were Desmond, I would be so mad. I don't know if I could like wait for the grand reveal. I would, that would yeah. fire me up if after two years yeah. I have been stuck. In, well, anyway, so um, <laughs> we see that Calvin's story arc is beginning to take a dark turn. Um, he walks to uh, an old volcanic beach where Desmond follows him and sees his sailboat in the distance. Um, Calvin catches Desmond from behind and Desmond gets made. So Calvin. Uh, kind of spills the story. He's been fixing up the sailboat to leave and is about a week away from being prepared to go. He asks Desmond if he wants to come with him and this makes Desmond blow up and he asks him about like what the the button's actually doing, about the failsafe, um, the magnetic fields. And Calvin says that he lied because he need, needed a sucker to stay behind. Um, this pushes Desmond over the edge and he starts to push Kelvin around and then they start full on fighting. Uh, Desmond hits Kelvin's head a little too hard. Um, and I think he's knocked out unconscious, but I, he might be dead. I don't know. I think he's just dead here. Okay. He's dead. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Desmond runs back with the key that he had around his neck and the system has failed. So we see the hieroglyphs, um, the bunker is shaking, and items are flying across the room. He, uh, in, the, in the hatch in the present day, he realizes that the printout is, uh, is dates, uh, saying that when the, the code in the hatch was accepted, uh, he asked Locke what date the plane crash was, and it turns out that was the day of the system failure, um, and it, which shows on the, the printout. Um, and Desmond tells Locke that he thinks that he was the one that crashed the plane. Um, meanwhile, uh, Michael's group is taken to a long dock uh, with a bunch of the others. Uh, they are bound and gagged. Um, as they're sitting there on the dock, uh, Kate tells uh, Mr. Friendly that his beard is fake. And Miss Clue uh, reveals that his name is Tom. Uh, Tom calls her B uh, back because they're both kind of mad at each other for revealing each other's names and uh, removes the beard. The boat that they had captured Walt with uh, rides up to the the dock and who steps off but our good friend Henry, we haven't seen him in a minute. Um, He he questions Tom about why he doesn't have the beard on and Tom says, ah, well, I think they know. And uh, then he uh, he says hello to Jack and then tells uh, Michael that they need to uh, get down to business, um, which is kind of menacing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like that he's all... Uh, he's like, he's got the, the others, like, you know, he's covered in dirt and uh, 
not wearing shoes and wearing like rags or whatever, but he clearly has found some form of gel for his hair to spike yeah. it up. Yeah. Um, I think that that's a, it's such a funny look. Uh, which this, I, I think this is a good time to talk about it now, now that we're kind of at the end of his season two journey. So Michael Emerson is the one, is the one that plays Henry. Um, originally, uh, so he was always going to be one of the others, uh, when, when they, you know, showed up and there was kind of the debate over, is this guy actually telling the truth or not? He was always going to be lying, but they basically wrote him in such a way that um, that if they liked the character, they would bring him back, and if they didn't like him, then they just they never had to bring him back. Sure. Um, and or they didn't have to bring him back in a real you know big capacity. Uh, but they obviously loved him, so I mean, no spoilers here, but he becomes a main cast member uh, by the next season. And um, he'll continue to be throughout his run on the show, which is good because he's he's really fun. I'm I'm excited to see where we go with him. We haven't really gotten. I mean, he already his character here is like just completely different than what he was in the Hatch. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be fun to see, uh, you know, mm-hmm. where they take him. But uh, I do think that that's neat that he they just liked his performance so much that they were like, "Yep, you're uh, you're now an integral part of the show." Yeah, that is cool. It's an immense amount of pressure but he yeah. like knocked it out of the park he crushed it mm-hmm. yeah yeah he was great charlie goes to help echo out of the the hatch after the blast um but echo won't really wake up uh desmond having realized that the the electromagnetism is real uh says that they have to push the button But Locke disagrees, and they argue about it until Locke finally just breaks the computer. Um, And Desmond says that he's killed them all, and he opens up the blast doors again to run and get uh, the Our Mutual Friend Dickens book from the bookshelf. Locke is, like, I think we've talked about it before, but this is such an Aries move. (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) I mean, he's, uh, he's really struggling here. Yeah. Um, he wants so desperately to be right about literally anything, mm-hmm. and uh, he's not. He's been wrong basically all season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get our final flashback, um, which is Desmond, he's drunk, he's staring at a gun. Um, he opens up his Our Mutual Friend book to read it before he he commits suicide and a letter falls out from Penny. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is great too, because she asks him in the earlier one, like, Hey, did you read our mutual friend yet? Right. Um, so like she clearly, it was like waiting for him to have read the letter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she had written him before he left for prison and the letter, just to summarize it, was telling him not to give up. Um, she told him that all you need is one person who truly loves you and that he will always have that in her. Um, this makes Desmond break down and he starts to completely trash the bunker. Um, when he starts to hear banging in the distance and, of course, it's Locke screaming and crying and sobbing into the hatch 
And then Desmond mm-hmm. turns on the light and Desmond finds hope again. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny that it's just kind of flopped over to Desmond now, but now that <laughs> that night was a sign for Desmond, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, Desmond gets uh, the, the fail-safe key out of the book, uh, and he tells Locke uh, that Locke saved Desmond's life when he was pounding on the hatch like that. And so now Desmond's going to return the favor. Um, he goes underneath the uh, into the the crawl space underneath the the computer and tells Locke to get far away. The hatch begins to just fall apart. Everything metal is flying around. We get uh, some extremely real frying pans and <laughs> darts go flying towards that door. I mean, there is some stuff that it, I, I will say. All the practical stuff looks really good here. Yeah. Um, it's fun watching it just kind of all fall apart. And it's kind of a bummer. I mean, this is such a great, like, iconic set that is just trashed now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, we don't really see what happens after everything, so who knows, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Charlie starts to get Echo out, but Echo goes back to the computer room. He confronts Locke, and Locke admits that he was wrong, uh, meaning that the button should have been pushed. Um... Desmond uh, puts in the key, remembers Penny's words to him, and then turns it. Uh, there is... And we don't see this any... This is the last we see of the hatch, too, which is kind of a great uh, cliffhanger in its own right. Um, mm-hmm. There's a blinding white explosion. Although, uh, Claire later describes it as violet. So I wonder if that was just some sort of... They tried to make it look purple and it just didn't look right or something, but... Yeah. Everything goes really bright white, and there's a, a loud ringing sound. And this is on the other side of the island. We're seeing it from, like, Jack's perspective, and we see Sun and Jin a little bit, and we see uh, Claire on the beach. Um, so all throughout the island, there's this uh, explosion happening. And then um, there's, like, a whistling sound on the beach, and then all of a sudden the quarantine hatch uh, falls out of the sky, having been... Uh, propelled up there apparently um later that night charlie returns to the beach um lock and echo haven't returned yet but claire is clearly happy to see charlie which oh boy uh henry tells michael that he's not happy about uh the arrangement that his people made but which apparently i mean i guess we're supposed to infer from this that henry is like higher up in the others um uh but he uh, he says that they're going to honor their promises. Uh, he gives Michael the boat and a compass bearing, saying that as long as you follow this bearing, you'll be off the island and you'll, you'll find rescue. Um, and Henry says that he's never going to be able to return once he leaves. Um, Michael asks, like, hey, what, how do you uh, know I'm not going to talk about this when I'm gone? And Henry says, well, you might, but... Uh, I don't think you will, and either way, you'll have to explain what you did to get off the island. Mm-hmm. Um, and Michael asks, who are you guys? And Henry says, hey, we're the good guys. Uh, which is, uh, we've heard that before, too, so that's clearly some motto of theirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Walt apparently has just been sitting on the boat the whole time. Uh, Michael and Walt finally reunite. I mean, this is great. Again, it seems like they're afraid of showing Walt being any taller, so they don't, uh, they don't 
really get I don't know. It's it's great, but it just doesn't feel quite like the reunion we want. Maybe it's just because it's so bittersweet with the way that Michael's leaving, but Yeah. I was gonna ask too, did they like dub in his voice from last season? No, I don't dad? think so. Okay. I my my guess would be they if they they might have edited it in some way. Okay. But I, I don't think it's a dub. It seemed like it was what he was saying. At least that's what I think. Uh, they uh, Mrs. Clue unties Hurley and gives him uh, uh, instructions to go tell the rest of his people not to come over to this side of the island. It, that seems counterproductive to me. You didn't need to do that. You could have just left a note or something <laughs> like yeah I, the to bring somebody over there like all you're doing is giving him experience on how to get there um i guess they blindfolded him or whatever but it seems it still seems weird michael and jack lock eyes as uh michael sails away and then this to me is so funny that they left this in the episode as they are pulling everybody up um it's Mostly just, like, nameless others pulling everybody, but um, the actress for Alex is the one pulling up Kate, and she just very clearly doesn't understand where her hands are going, and as she's pulling Kate up, just grabs her boobs, and, uh, like, the, uh, the, the physicality of it is so funny because she very clearly is, like, instantly apologetic, and it would feel a lot worse if it was, like, some random extra dude that was pulling yeah. up, but the fact that it's a teenage girl uh, doing it, I just think that's such a, um, it's, it, it's such a like physical comedy moment that it's so funny that they left it in. I think that they mostly, most likely, just didn't notice it. Uh, yeah, then they have uh, hoods placed on them again, and I think that's the last we see. Of, that's the last shot we get of them this episode. So we have no idea what's happening to the, all of them. Uh, Claire and Charlie have a moment on the beach. They joke about what happened with the hatch. Seems like nobody is interested in going to check it out, which is weird, but all right. Um, they uh, And then Claire and Charlie kiss, which I think it's their first kiss, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, just fully unearned. Just not earned whatsoever. No. I, I don't buy it at all. Um, this was easily the worst part of the episodes was Charlie's whole deal. Um, and again, he really could have been, I mean, maybe it's just because we're so uninvested in Charlie and Claire. Like, I guess in terms of, he doesn't need to have a plotline reason to be there, right? Like, his no. character development is enough of a reason for him to be in the episode. So I suppose that that's fine. I'm just so uninvested in them. I kind of wonder if it was something where Dominic Moynihan was like, you need to give me more stuff. Probably. I, I need I think, yeah. an island girlfriend. Like, Kate dumped me in real life, and now I need <laughs> yeah. to make out with somebody else on set. Yes. I, <laughs> I need some smooches. <laughs> um, yeah. And that would be the end of the season, except we get our very first uh, present day off-island shot, I believe, unless I'm mistaken. No, I, yeah, this is definitely it. Um, out in the Arctic, two researchers are sitting there playing chess when all of a sudden they notice there's an alert on their computer for an electromagnetic anomaly. Um, and so they are fr suddenly frantically trying to figure out what's going on, and one of them calls Penny uh, who and says, uh, 
we found it, presumably meaning the island. Or maybe the hatch, I suppose. Uh, but, um, so apparently Penny has been looking for Desmond all this time. Uh, great, yeah, this is a fun cliffhanger. I loved it. Um, it feels like a, kind of like after credits thing, almost. Mm -hmm. Uh, which TV doesn't have, obviously, but... And do you think movies... I mean, you can't really do after credits stuff anymore, can you, with movies? Marvel kind of ruined it, didn't they? Yeah, I, okay, so I already mentioned this, but we saw Barbie last weekend. Mm-hmm. And nobody in the theater stood up when the credits started, I think, oh. because we've all been Marvel-pilled and, like, <laughs> expect something, like, after the credits roll. And I was like, yeah. I'm not doing this. I'm not waiting. I don't want to do this anymore. No. I don't care about it. You don't want to see Magic 8-Ball come to gather, uh... Barbie for the Avengers initiative? No. Um, no. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like, obviously they weren't the first ones to do an after credits thing. Um, like, I think probably what, the famous one is Ferris Bueller, right? Mm. Um, I'm trying to think, what are the other good after credits stuff? Mm. Uh, that's the biggest one I can think of, but, like, they just made it so it's like, oh, you have to see this to you know, know about what's going to be coming out next or whatever. Yeah. Um, but they also started getting more and more ridiculous. Uh, like, at first it was just like, oh, damn, Thor's hammer is there. And now it's like, oh, damn, uh, Thanos' uh, brother, who's played by, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Harry Styles is there. Yeah. Um, it just, it... <laughs> But yeah. Um, and at a certain point, it's like, I don't care. I don't care what's coming next down the pipeline in the Marvel universe. I'm just. I think that's not most people do now, right? Like, yeah. they're starting to do worse and worse. They're still making boatloads of money, but they're mm -hmm. starting to do worse. And personally, they're starting to be a lot worse as well, yeah. I think. Um, like, I went back and watched Iron Man 1. Um, like, last year or something like that. And I'm not going to say it's, like, you know, amazing cinema, but it is pretty good. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. it still is a good movie. And I remember I made it about 15 minutes into the new Doctor Strange. Oh, terrible. Um, yeah. And I, Sam Raimi, I haven't watched, to be fair, I haven't really watched the Evil Dead movies, which are his big ones. But he's directed a movie that's in my personal like top ten, <laughs> and I still was just like, I can't, I can't watch this. I'm sorry, this looks mm -hmm. so bad. Yeah, I like the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie quite a bit. Yeah, um, but I couldn't get through the third one. I tried. Yeah, but I couldn't do it. I'm not super interested. I mean, I don't know. They superhero movies just need to go away. I think at this point. Yeah, they need a pause. They need a break. Everyone's like, "Oh, it used to be Western movies, and now it's superhero movies," and my response to that is that we need to bring back Western movies. Yeah, they we need, need more their turn Cowboys, again. Less capes. Yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Um, but anyways, this isn't a place for us to complain about Marvel. It's a place for us to talk about. Uh, the season two finale of uh, Lost, a TV show that uh, premiered in 2004. Uh, this episode came in, so it IMDb ranks both parts, but they're right next to each other. Okay. Um, 
So I'm going to where where if you're gonna guess where are you put in this one? Um, I would put it in top twenty. Yeah, for sure. It, so it came in. They're taking up spots um, three and four. Three and four. Yeah. Wow. Three and four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're big ones. And I think the first two are also a part one and a part two. So it might even be more accurate to say that this episode came in at number two. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I would say I think that, that it earns it. This is a great episode and it, it doesn't... It resolves a lot of stuff. It sets up mysteries, right? Like yeah. what's going on with the hatch and that kind of stuff. But not in a way that really feels... I, I Like the biggest mystery that's kind of like out of left field that it feels like they're pulling too much stuff out of the box maybe is the giant statue foot yeah um, in part one that might be the biggest like mystery that they kind of like unearth with no intent to do anything about otherwise like you have to imagine that in episode one or episode two of season three we're going to be finding out what happened with the hatch mm-hmm. um or at least like you know where where happened to what happened to Locke and echo and that kind of thing um, maybe not, I suppose we'll be, maybe I'll be proven wrong in the next couple episodes, but, uh, yeah, I think overall this was a really great one. Yeah, it was, it was really, really good. Well, so, uh, next week we are not going to be talking about the, uh, season three premiere yet. Uh, we're going to talk about, um, we're, we're going to do another recap for the second season. And kind of talk about uh, how we're feeling about it and whether or not we think Lost is a good TV show yet. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's impossible to really tell, but... Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting close there, though. Yeah, we're really coming close to nailing it down. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, we'll talk about that um, next week. And until then, you can email us, allthebestpodcasts at gmail.com. You can tweet at us or at all the best pods on. Is it still Twitter? Oh God. Com? It's been rebranded now to X. My, I have not done the update. So it's still twitter.com for me. Yeah, I, th- I think my phone is not new enough for me to be able to actually do the update. So I think I'm probably going to end up stuck with Twitter. Mm-hmm. I did see a thing. Have, did you see that thing about how Elon Musk has apparently like continually tried to name his company's X and has been shot down. Like the closest he got was naming SpaceX. Wow. Um, but like nobody actually wants a company called X. It's terrible branding. Everyone just associates it with porn essentially. And um, so this is the first time and he did it. He just rebranded Twitter to X because somebody finally let him. Um, I think that's great. I think it's cool that we're fulfilling <laughs> his dreams on the, on the website. Um, what but yeah, annoying you can, human being. Uh, I love him. I think he's great. Mm-hmm. Here's what I like about Elon Musk. His hair mm-hmm. is real, and it grows long if he lets it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He makes cars that work. Um, and he makes and they them work well. himself. He's and in he makes that them factory. Himself, and he's yeah. designed them. He's smart enough to do that. That's what mm-hmm. I like about him. I mean, he's really, speaking of Marvel, isn't he the modern-day Tony Stark? Um, I've never thought of it that way, but... Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. In the sense that uh, I find him insufferable and... Uh, like Tony Stark, I think that Elon Musk probably should have died in 2016. But anyways, um, that's neither here nor there. Uh, you can send us an X on X.com, at all the best pods, <laughs> And um, you can give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Emma, any idea how many, uh, how many stars uh, they should give us? Hmm. I'm going to say... I'm going to commit to this. Five. Okay. Five stars. Oh, wow. And you're committing to that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. So that's one star uh, for each unearned uh, furtive glance that Claire gave Charlie. In the yes. Finale. Great. Yep. Um, great. Well, uh, um, we'll see you all next week. And until then, get lost. Get lost. Get lost.